0: Well, if you've been with us on Wednesday nights, you know that for the last five or six weeks we've been uh, preaching on the subject of prayer. And I think we've got two more sermons on the pro- uh, subject of, of prayer uh, before we'll be done with this series. Now, next Wednesday, we won't be preaching on prayer because it'll be the Lord's Supper and that'll kind of take over uh, the service. It'll be a little different. We'll, we'll do the Lord's Supper and we'll be dealing with the subject of of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, as we remember his death and get ready for Easter and celebrating his resurrection. But uh, if you haven't, if you've missed any of the Wednesday night uh, studies or if you're interested in the subject of prayer, I would encourage you to go on our website and you can catch up on those uh, different things. And, And we've basically been dealing with the subject of prayer uh, over the last uh, uh, five weeks. Tonight, uh, we're going to be dealing specifically with the subject of fasting. Now, I want you to understand something about tonight's sermon, especially because uh, next week is, is, is the Lord's Supper. Uh, tonight's sermon is going to serve as an introduction uh, to the subject of fasting. Tonight is going to be more like a lesson. So those of you who like to take notes, is a good, good uh, service to kind of take some notes and have some things to look at. Uh, next, not next week, but the week after that, We're going to be talking about the results of fasting, the benefit, the power associated with fasting, kind of the reason that you'd want to fast. But before I preach a sermon like that, I want to try to help you understand what fasting is, because most Christians know very little about fasting, or they may know things about fasting, but don't really know that the Bible says those things. So tonight I kind of just want to introduce you to the subject of fasting and help you understand uh, kind of rules of fasting and different aspects of fasting. And like I said, not next week. Next week will be the Lord's Supper. But the week after that, we'll be dealing with the subject of the benefits or the power that is associated with fasting. Now, you're there in Matthew chapter number 6, and I want you to notice uh, verse number 16, and we're going to come back to Matthew six, six, uh, to Matthew chapter 6 towards the end of, this, of the sermon. So when we get back to Matthew 6, you'll know that we're very close to being done. But for right now, I just want you to notice verse 16, and I just want you to notice three words. The Bible says, moreover, and here are the three words, when ye fast. You see that? Jesus has this expectation that we will fast. Notice that he doesn't say if ye fast, but he says when ye fast. The idea is that we are expected to fast. Jesus did not say, hey, if you ever think that fasting might be something you'd like to do. He doesn't say if you ever, you know, consider fasting. He says when ye fast, and then he goes on to explain to us the proper way of fasting. And today, fasting is something that is very little spoken of in church. People don't like to talk about fasting. People don't like to teach about fasting. People don't like to uh, 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 preach on the subject of fasting. And here's why. I don't know if you ever fasted before, but it's a lot of work. It's not very comfortable. But Jesus understood that we would need to fast. And again, I I don't want to get into uh, some of next week's sermon, but... And the Bible teaches that it is time to fast when Jesus is not with us. When the bridegroom is gone, it is when the disciples were told that they should fast. And and that's the time we live in. The Lord Jesus is not with us physically right now. He's coming back, but right now it is time to fast. And Jesus expected us to fast. Jesus said, when you fast. Uh, and, And then he began to teach on that subject. You're there in Matthew 6. Flip a few pages back to Matthew chapter 4. And like I said, tonight is going to be more of an introduction to the subject of fasting. Some of you may, this may be a review for you, but that's good. It's good to always get a review. Some of you, maybe uh, this will be, uh, some of it will be new, and that's good too. Matthew chapter 4. The first question I want to answer for you is, what is fasting? What is fasting? And the answer to that question is this. A period of time without food and or water. Fasting is a, per- a period of time without food and or water. Now, we're talking about a spiritual fast, a fast that has spiritual benefits. In Matthew chapter 4, in verse number 1, we see of the Lord Christ's fast, and he said, Then was Jesus led up with the Spirit into the wilderness, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, to be tempted of the devil, verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hunger. I want you to notice that the Bible says that he was afterward and hungered. And just remember that. Go go with me to Second Samuel, chapter number twelve, in the in the Old Testament. And because tonight is kind of introducing you to fasting, we're going to be looking at a lot of different passages throughout the Bible. So you got to just kind of get ready to move. Uh, we'll try to move quickly. Second uh, Samuel. If you're having trouble finding it in the Old Testament, all the first and second books are all together. There's first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles. If you can find books that have a one or a two in front of it, you're going to be real close to it. Second Samuel, chapter number twelve, and look at verse number sixteen. 2 2 Samuel chapter number 12 and verse number 16. 2 Samuel chapter number 12 and verse number 16. 2 Samuel 12, 16 says this. David therefore besought God for the child. Remember, David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. I'm not going to... I mean, that's a, that's a whole other sermon in of itself. Just to give you the context. God had punished David, and one of the punishments and chastisements for his sin was that his son that that was born out of wedlock would die. That's what we're reading about here in verse 16. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted, I want you to notice this, and went in and lay all night upon the earth, and the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not. Neither did he eat bread with them. You see that? Neither did he eat bread with them. And here's why I'm saying it. In the Bible, there are two types of fast or, or different types of fast. One is a water fast. The other one is what you know some people call or uh, a complete fast where you actually don't eat, drink, or you don't eat or drink any water. And I want you to understand that, only when the Bible specifically says that they were not drinking water is it that type of a fast. Generally, a fast in Scripture is going without bread. And here you notice, without food. And here in verse 17, you notice it says, ne- neither did he eat bread with them. And it points out that he wasn't eating food, but it doesn't say anything about water. And I want you to understand that this was a water fast. And in fact, the, the, the fast of the Lord Jesus Christ was a water fast. Remember, it said in Matthew 4, 2, you don't have to turn there, but it said when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered, okay? Now, if he had not drank water for 40 days, all right, the Bible would not say that he was unhungered. It would not say that he was hungry. It would say that he was thirsty, all right? Because you know that we can actually go with, without food much longer that we can, than we can go without water. You, you can go, you know, 40 days without food. But but unless God miraculously steps in, you really can't go 40 days without water. So the fact that the Bible tells us that he was... Hungry, And do you remember, we studied a few weeks ago, uh, the temptations of Christ there uh, from Matthew chapter 4. And remember that first temptation that Satan brought to him was, you know, turn these stones into bread. Now, if he had not drank water, he would have said, turn these stones into water. You see, you know, you understand what I'm saying? So we know that Jesus fasted, uh, uh, had a water fast. And, uh, and David had a water fast where he drank water, but did not eat bread or did not eat food. But I want you to notice that there is a such thing as a complete fast. Go to Esther, chapter number four. You're there in Second Samuel. If you go past First and Second Kings, past First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. All right, past First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Esther, chapter four. Remember when Esther had to make that decision of whether she was going to go into the king or not, and uh, because of evil men trying to kill the Jews there in the book of Esther. Esther chapter 4 and verse 13, the Bible says this, Then Mordecai, and Mordecai uh, was the man who raised Esther, Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed." And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Verse 15. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. And I want you to notice verse 16. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink three days. Do you see that? He said, neither eat, and then specifically says, nor drink. Three days, night or day, I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Go to Exodus chapter 34. you got Genesis, Exodus. So you see here, Esther was telling Mordecai and the Jews that were in Shushad to fast for three days, and this was an extreme fast. Without any water, without any food, they were to go with nothing uh, because they were in, in, in a lot of danger, and, and Esther herself was in danger. That's why she finishes the verse by by saying, if I perish, I perish, because it's very likely that she could die. Exodus 34, look at verse number 28. Here we find uh, Moses, Exodus chapter 34 and verse 28. The Bible says, and he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. Exodus chapter 34 and verse 28. He was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. This is a reference to Moses going up to the mount to receive the Ten Commandments and those different things. And he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. I want you to notice this. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. Do you see that? So the Bible specifically tells us that he did not eat bread nor drink water uh, and he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant of the Ten Commandments. Here's what I want you to understand, okay? The water fast is what's normally, when you read about a fast in Scripture, we're normally looking at a water fast where they're going without food but they are drinking water. The complete fast of... Of not eating you know food or drinking water is something that was done I mean this was an extreme fast. I, the, the Jews are going to get slaughtered uh, in the book of Esther and and they are they 're taking this extreme step of not drinking any water along with their three day fast here 's what you can understand when Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights without any drink or water. You, you got to understand this and please listen right now, okay? Because I don't want anybody doing something dumb and hurting themselves. When Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights without drinking water or eating food, God supernaturally stepped in to keep him alive. That was a miracle. An individual cannot go 40 days without drinking water. And by the way, that's why I believe that Jesus did drink water, not just because it said that he was in hunger, but the Bible says that we have a high priest that was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus fasted for 40 days to show you that a human being can do a 40-day water fast, and it wasn't supernatural. He did it as a man to show us that it can be done. And by the way, there are people alive today who have done 40-day fasts, you know, on water. But you can't do, you know, it's not... Well, Here's what I'm trying to say. It is not recommended to go without food or water, okay? If you're going to do a fast, especially if you've never fasted before, okay, do a water fast because uh, a complete fast is not something that you want to do for very long, uh, definitely not more than three days, and it, and, it's, and it's an extreme, okay? The only reason Moses was able to do it is because God supernaturally stepped in and kept him alive. But humans can do... 40 day fast with water now obviously you know uh you, you can't you don't just take that on lightly all right i mean a 40 day fast good night i mean you gotta you gotta prepare for that you know some of you prepare your whole lives but uh you know you if you're real thin or whatever 40-day fast even with water you can die so uh you want to be careful with those things but those are the two different fasts that are in scripture here's the point that i want to make those are the only fasts that are in scripture Okay? People often want to ask me, can I do a juice fast? Look, you can do a juice fast because you want to cleanse your body and be healthy and blah, blah, blah. But uh, it's not spiritual okay, that's, that's, you know, I don't know if that's in your NIV or your New American Standard, but it's not in the Bible, all right, Jews fast aren't in the Bible, you know, today the Catholics want to teach this Lent process, you know, this thing where you, you know, I don't even know how many, for, for 40 days, you know, uh, I'm going to give up Kit Kats for 40 days, I'm sorry, that's not in the Bible, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, I don't know, whatever it is that you're giving up, I'm going to stop drinking soda, it's not in Scripture, These are the only fasts that are in Scripture, a water fast, and a complete fast. You don't see Jesus, you know, for 40 days and 40 nights, he just gave up Kit Kats. For 40 days and 40 nights, he didn't eat any donuts. You know, for 40 days, people are going to ask me, I I want to do a 40 day fast, can I drink coffee? That's not in the Bible. I'm just trying to help you understand that, you know, you say, well, I'm going to drink juice for 40 days. That's fine. I'm sure it's healthy. I'm sure you're crazy. But that's great, okay? But it's not in scripture. The only only scriptural fasts are a water fast, which is generally, when you read about fast in the Bible, that's what you're being referred to as a water fast, and that is recommended. And by the way, it's healthy. It's actually a healthy thing for every once in a while to skip a meal, all right? It's not gonna kill you. But um, a complete fast is found in scripture, but it's extreme, and it's not recommended. It's not recommended for a long period of time. Other than Moses, where God stepped in and miraculously did it for him, uh, you find Esther asking them to do it for three days. But you know this whole like Lent. You know people like ask me about Lent. I'm I'm not a Catholic. Okay, the first time somebody asked me about that, I'm like, are you talking? You're talking about this like Lent, like the stuff that comes out of the dryer? I, I didn't, you know. But um, it's not in the Bible. Okay, you say, well, I grew up Catholic, and look, I'm not picking on you, but there's a lot of Catholic things that are just not in the Bible. Purgatory's not in the Bible. Lent's not in the Bible. Pope's not in the Bible. Uh, so anyway, uh, the Bible teaches that the types of fasts are water fast that's what you want to do so let's answer this question how long should i fast first question is what is a fast a fast is going a period of time without food and or water not recommended food is recommended to do a fast especially if you're a newbie at fasting all right are you there in exodus chapter 34 Uh, let's talk about the different types of fast how long should i fast There are different examples in scripture in regards to fasting. Uh, One of the examples, probably the most famous examples, is a 40-day fast. You're there in in Exodus 3, 4, right? Look at verse 28. And when he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights, he did neither eat bread nor drink water, and he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant and uh, the Ten Commandments. So the first fast that we find here is a 40-day fast. Fast. If you remember uh, from Matthew chapter 4, you don't have to go back there, but the Bible says when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Basically, the only people in scripture that fasted 40 days were Moses and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, But I I personally have heard of um, people today who have done a 40 day water fast, you know. That's what they say. They could be lying, I guess, but I know that there are people who have done that. Go with me to the book of Daniel. Daniel, towards the end of the uh, Old Testament. You can find the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is that big prophetic book. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and then you've got the book of Daniel. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and then you've got the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter number 10. Daniel chapter number 10, and look at verse number 2. Daniel chapter number 10. In verse number 2. So in the Bible, you say, well, how long should I fast? Well, you got a 40-day fast. In the Bible, you've also got a 21-day fast. 21-day fast. Daniel chapter 10, look at verse 2. Daniel chapter number 10. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. I did, uh, Daniel chapter number 10, verse number 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks and ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So here we see Daniel fasting for uh, a twenty-one day period, three days. So we have a forty-day fast. We have a twenty-one-day fast. Go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number twenty-seven. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts, Acts chapter number uh, twenty-seven. And in the book of Acts, chapter twenty-seven, if you're, you may remember the story where Paul is basically shipwrecked. He's on his way to Rome, and he's a prisoner. But they they went against his advice and they decided to sail and they got caught in a storm and they're shipwrecked. That's basically what we're coming into uh, in the story here. Acts 27 in verse 33, it says, And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat. In the Bible, the word meat, you can study this out in Scripture, the word meat is is just our word food. Um, It's not, usually when we think of meat, the Bible calls that flesh, and meat is just food there. As while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, this day is a fourteenth day. Do you see that fourteenth day? That ye have tarried and continued fasting. So they fasted for fourteen days, having taken nothing. Wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. So here we have they're in a they're shipwrecked, and they've been fasting for 14 days as they're just trying to get rescued from the storm. Now let me go ahead and give this a disclaimer. It, because, and this is the only one. But in this passage, you know, people often will credit this as a 14-day spiritual fast, and it may be, which is why I added it, you know, to the sermon, but it could also be that they might have just not ate for 14 days because they're trying to ration their food because they're shipwrecked, uh, so I'm just throwing that out there. You can study that on, on your own if you'd like. Uh, go to 1 Samuel, chapter 31, if you can get back to, remember 1 2 Samuel, 1 2 Kings, 1 2 Chronicles. So in the Bible, we have a 40-day fast, and then we have a 21-day fast, then we saw a 14-day fast, uh, 1 Samuel th- uh, 31, look at verse number 12, 1 Samuel 31 and verse number 12, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 31 and verse 12, all the valiant men, 1 Samuel, 1 Second Samuel, 1 Second Kings, 1 2 Chronicles, so you can find those uh, books there, 1 Samuel 31 and verse number 12, the Bible says, all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and their bo- and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. So the nation of Israel just lost the battle, and Saul died, his sons died. Verse 13, and they took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. Do you see that? So you're starting to see a pattern. There's a 40-day fast, okay? But after that you go down to a 21-day fast, 14-day fast, seven-day fast. After the seven-day fast, you have the three-day fast. You don't have to turn there. You saw it when you went with me to Esther, but let me read it for you again. Esther chapter 4 and verse 16. Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me. Remember, Esther said, fast ye for me. Neither eat nor drink. And she said, three days, night or day, I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. So we go from the seven-day fast to a three-day fast in the Bible. Uh, The next fast, I'd like you to see, you're there in 1 Samuel, right? Go to 2 Samuel chapter number one. 2 Samuel chapter number one. The next fast is a one-day fast. Okay? And I'm just trying to show you the types, the length of fast in Scripture. In Scripture, you find a 40 day fast. In scripture, you find a 21 day fast. In scripture, you find a 14 day fast. Scripture, you find a seven day fast. In Scripture, you find a three day fast. And then in Scripture, you find a whole lot of one day fasts. A lot of uh, one day fasts. 2 Samuel chapter number 1 and look at verse number 11. 2 Samuel chapter 1 and verse number 11. The Bible says, Then David took hold on his clothes and rent them, and likewise all the men that were with him, and they mourned and wept and fasted. I want you to make note of this phrase until even, okay, even is evening, when the sun comes down, generally around 6 p.m. is what the Bible is referring to, they mourned and wept and fasted until even, for Saul and for Jonathan his son, and for the people of the Lord, and for the house of Israel, because they were fallen by the sword, you're there in 2 Samuel chapter 1, go with me to 2 Samuel chapter number 3, 2 Samuel chapter 3, so just a few pages over, let me give you another example, Uh, you're there in, First, 2 Samuel chapter 1, look at 2 Samuel chapter 3, and look at verse number 33. 2 Samuel chapter 3 and verse number 33, the Bible says, And the king lamented over Abner. Here you got Abner, one of the captains, who was basically uh, uh, killed uh, in a wrong way. And King David is lamenting over, then said, uh, then, then said Died Abner as a fool dieth? Verse 34, thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put into fetters. As a man followed before wicked men, so uh, fellest thou. And all the people wept again for him. Verse 35, and when all the people came to cause David to eat meat, while it was yet day, David swears, saying, so do good to me. And more also, if I taste bread, or aught else till the sun be down. You see that? So he said, I'm not going to eat so the sun comes down. So here's what I want to explain to you about the one-day fast, okay? And, and I want to just kind of give you this information because we're looking at a lot of passages, but really in, in the scope of the Bible, the Bible doesn't really talk a lot about fast. It, it tells us a lot about different types of fast, but it doesn't give us a lot, a, a lot of instruction in regards to fast. There's definitely some instruction that we'll look at uh, towards the end of the sermon tonight, but it doesn't give us a lot of instruction. But here's what I want you to see. You go from a 40-day fast to a 21-day fast, to a 14-day fast that was in a shipwreck, to a 7-day fast, to a 3-day fast, to a 1-day fast. And, and by the way, I'm not showing you all the examples of that, that I could show you. I'm just giving you some examples. But when it comes to a 1-day fast, what I found in Scripture, and I don't know everything. I'm just trying to study like you are, and, and there, I, I may have missed something. But what I have found is that I could not find a 1-day fast where the Bible specifically a, you know, showed us that it was a twenty-four hour period. But what it, what kept coming up over and over is that the one-day fast basically lasted till even or till the sun came down. So it seems like in Scripture, you either fasted one day, which was basically you went to bed you know, in one evening, you went to bed, you know, and then you went the whole day without eating till the sun came down. So that was kind of your 24-hour fast, you know, from one evening uh, to the other, you were able to eat at night. And then from there, you go to the three-day fast, the seven-day fast, to the 14-day fast, to the 21-day fast, to the 40-day fast. Um, that's what the Bible teaches. Now, let me say this. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you can't, follow a different fast, you know, nowhere in the Bible does it say that you can't do a two-day fast, or a four-day fast, or a, you know, six-day fast, or whatever, the Bible doesn't uh, forbid that, but I just want you to see that the pattern we find in the Bible is a day fast that you can break, that you can break at evening, um, a three-day fast, a seven-day fast, a 14-day fast, a four-day fast. If you are interested in fasting and you're actually, you know, thinking I'd like to do this, I'd like to do, do it seriously, I would encourage you to follow the pattern in Scripture. For, what I mean by that is I would do a one-day fast and then if I wanted to increase it, I'd do a three-day fast. I wouldn't do a two-day fast because it's not just in the Bible. I'm not saying it's a sin. That's just me. I like to follow the Bible. So I just wanted to show you uh, the different types of fast in Scripture. And by the way... That's how you should fast, and that's how you should increase your fast. Don't, don't start with a 40-day fast unless you just want to be discouraged, okay? Because you're, you're gonna probably going to last about, you know, 10 minutes after lunch, and then you're going to quit. It's hard to fast if you're not used to fasting, and we'll talk about more of that in the next, uh, not next week, but, but after that. But you want to start with, the if you haven't fasted, start with a one-day fast. OK, um, you know, do that a few times uh, over a series of weeks, then maybe do a three day fast. I'm telling you, a three day fast is hard. A seven uh, uh, day fast, 14 day fast, 21 day fast, 40 day fast. And there are very few people that have ever really done a 40 uh, day fast. Uh, go, go with me to uh, the book of Nehemiah. I'm sorry. No, let's go to Jonah. Jonah, chapter three, towards the end of the Old Testament, from uh, where you can find those major prophets: Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah. All right. Um, so find Jonah towards the end there, and um, fasting is 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 a difficult thing, and and there's great benefits to it, but I don't want to just get you excited about fasting and give, show you all the benefits without. Explain to you what it is and showing you um, scripturally what a fast is. So not only did we define fasting, which is going a period of time without food and or water, a water fast is recommended, a complete fast is not recommended, and definitely not for more than three days. Uh, and, and honestly, you, you just want to be very careful with that if, if you've not fasted before. In the Bible, when we talk about length of fast, we know we have a 40-day fast, 21-day fast, 14-day fast, 7-day fast, 3-day fast, and then a 1-day fast. I also want you to see that there are two different types of fasts. There's a public fast and a personal fast. Uh, In Jonah chapter 3, you remember the story of Jonah. He got thrown into the ocean. The whale swallowed him up. And, you know, he's there for three days and three nights, and he threw him up. He went out into Nineveh. He preached, you know, um, and and everybody uh, decided that they wanted to listen to God after that. In Jonah chapter 3 and verse 4, the Bible says, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Jonah chapter 3 and verse 4, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That great sermon that he preached. Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Look at verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God. And notice, proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. So in Scripture, and I don't, I'm not going to show you all the examples, but in Scripture you definitely have public fast. And, and let me just say this, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with hosting a public fast. Uh, go, go to Acts, just real quickly. Acts chapter 13, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Acts chapter 13, and look at verse number 1. You know, sometimes people, you they'll hear about like, I've heard people say like, oh, I heard of these people doing a fast and isn't that wrong? The Bible does talk about not doing a fast to be seen of men and we're going to look at that in a minute. But I want you to understand that in the Bible, entire nations, I mean, there was proclamations where the entire nation of Israel was to do a fact. There, Nehemiah proclaimed a fast for the group that he was in. Here in Acts chapter 13 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean which had be uh, been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me. And I want don't you notice that they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, "Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work warrant I have called them." Verse three. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So here you see a church that's fasting, and you know we've never done it at Verity Baptist Church, and uh, but maybe you know maybe we should, uh, maybe we will. Uh, you know I don't know. I just some of you guys just don't look that tough. No, I'm just kidding. That's not why we haven't done it. Some of you just look really hungry. That's why I'm afraid to to. Uh, do a fast but you know it's there's nothing wrong with doing a a proclaiming like an entire church fast and you know what it might be good for some of us to fast especially coming into easter you know that might be a good thing to fast but in the bible you you find public fast but you also find personal fast i'm not going to show you any verses of that we've seen a lot already jesus did a personal fast moses did a personal fast daniel did a personal fast i mean where people are just on their own doing fast okay back to matthew chapter number uh, six Matthew chapter 6. Remember I told you about Matthew 6? It wasn't true. No, Matthew chapter 6. We're almost done. I I try to get you, not keep you here too long on uh, Wednesday night, which is why I wanted to break this up, because I didn't want to go over all this and then preach a whole sermon on fasting. But I want you to understand fasting, get, get a good idea of fasting. So we talked about the lengths of fast, 40 days, 21, 14, 7, 3, 1. We talked about the types of fast, public, personal. Talked about the facts that fasting is not Lent, it's not giving up a Reese's peanut butter cup, it's water and giving up food, you know, or water and and food, you know, but that's not recommended. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus explains to us the rules of fasting, and there are some rules to fasting. If you're going to fast, there are some things that you need to understand. Matthew chapter 6, look at verse number 16. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16. The Bible says, Moreover, when ye fast... Be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear. Notice, they disfigure their faces, meaning they look real sad and they look upset, that they may appear unto men to fast. He says, the, the hypocrites, they fast, but they want everyone to know they're fasting. They want to disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Jesus says this, Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And listen, if you've ever fasted, you will realize it. It's hard. And I'd hate to go through three days of not eating and then lose my reward and lose what I could get, you know, the benefit that I could get from that because I, you know, impress someone with that, you know. And that's what Jesus is speaking again. against. So it's not, we should not fast and try to appear to men to fast. Look at verse 17. But thou, when thou fastest, notice again, he's not saying if you fast, he says when you fast. He says, anoint thine head. He's talking about, you know, if you normally comb your head, you know, your hair, I don't comb my hair. This is how I get up, you know. But if you put gel in your hair, you put a hairspray in your hair, he says, if you anoint thine head and wash thy face, he said, look like you normally do. Okay? He says, but thou when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. That thou appear, here's the goal, not unto men to fast. You don't want to look like you're fasting when you're fasting, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret, and here's the gold, shall reward thee openly. See, when you fast, you don't want to become this ultra-spiritual. You come in with your hair all messy, and you got this look on, you're like, what's wrong with you? I've been fasting. You know, that's not, you're going to lose your rewards. Okay? It's unspiritual. It's unscriptural. And by the way, usually when we're doing something spiritual, we're supposed to do it secret. You know, the Bible talks about giving your alms in secret, praying in secret. And he talks about fasting in secret. So the number one rule when it comes to fasting is that we should not do it to be seen of men. We should not do it to try to make people think we're spiritual. If you ever know that someone's fasting, they're doing it wrong. Because when you fast, you're supposed to comb your hair, you're supposed to wash your face, you're supposed to, you know, ladies, you put your makeup on or whatever you do, you know, and, uh, and look like you're not fasting uh, because it's supposed to be something that's done secretly. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. There's another uh, rule to fasting. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. And look at verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. First Corinthians chapter seven and verse one says, "Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto men, it is good for a man not to touch a woman." Now that's not having anything to do with fasting, and I could have just started not, without reading that verse, but it's good to just read that every once in a while. You, you young men and young ladies and you teenagers, whatever. The Bible says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Yeah, you know, you ought not be dating and touching and pecking and doing whatever it is you're doing. Um, till you're married. Look at verse 2. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath no not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife, the idea is that your body does not belong to you when you're married. You, you, if you're a husband, it belongs to your wife. And if you're a wife, it belongs to your husband. You became one flesh. You're supposed to uh, satisfy each other. Look at verse 7. Defraud ye not one another. Defraud means you're, you're stealing from them. You're, you're treating them wrongly. You're taking something that belongs to them. Defraud ye not one another. He's saying, you know, you should, as a married couple, and that's what I'm talking to, You ought to, you know, come together regularly, physically. Uh, You ought to be having physical relationships. Verse 5, defraud you not not one another. Here's the exception. Except it be with consent for a time. Consent means you've gone to your spouse, you said, hey, I'm, you know, wanting to do a fast and, um, you know, is this okay with you? Except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and Prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. So the only time that a couple should go without being physically together is during a time when you're giving yourself to fasting and prayer. We'll talk about it more not next week, but the week after that. The whole point of fasting is to deny your flesh. The whole point of fasting is to deny the desires of your flesh and to deny the things that your flesh wants. So, of course, it would make no sense to be, you know, skipping your your lunch and then, you know, having a physical relationship. So the, what God tells us when it comes to fasting is that you should not be having a physical relationship with your spouse. And if you're not married, you should not be having a physical relationship, period. All right? And, uh, and then, of course... Um, You know, when you're fasting, it should be done in secret. Go to Matthew 17. We're done. Matthew chapter 17. Look at verse number 14. Matthew 17. Well, so what what have we talked about tonight? And again, tonight, I know it's not like a normal sermon that I usually preach, but this is more just like a lesson, kind of introducing you to the idea of fasting. Keep this in the back of your mind. Next week, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. The week after that, we're going to get into the benefits and the power that is associated with fasting and why you want to fast and all of those things. But tonight, we talked about what is a fast. It's no food and or Water. You, don't ask me about Lent. I don't know what is that. Uh, you picked that out of your belly button, I think. I'm not sure. But um, fasting is no food and or water. How long should you fast? One day, three days, seven days, 14 days, 21 days, 40 days. What are the types of fast? There's a public fast. There's a personal fast or private fast. Rules for fasting are to not do it for show, as a show, to not do it to be seen of men, and to abstain from uh, physical relationship. Uh, if you're married. Matthew 17, look at verse number 14. Matthew 17 and verse 14. And this is what we'll start in a couple of weeks. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? So here you have the disciples. At this time, the disciples were casting out devils. They were healing people. They were performing miracles. But this man comes with his son who's a lunatic. And he's sore vexed. And he has this devil. And the disciples were not able to cast him out. They were not able to remove the devil. And the man basically goes to Jesus and and he says, you know, Jesus, can you help me? And here's what Jesus said the problem was with the disciples. He says, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Basically, Jesus does what the disciples cannot do. The disciples, in verse 19, come to Jesus and say, they, they basically ask this question, why could not we cast him out? We've cast out other devils. We've cast out other, we've healed other people. We've helped other people. But this one, we could not cast out. This one, we could not get out. And Jesus says, you know, I, obviously Jesus could do it. And here's the answer, verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, because of your lack of faith. Remember we talked about last week. If you pray in faith, believing that God can answer your prayers, He will do it. And if you pray according to his will, and we talked about those things. But he said, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Here's what Jesus is saying. You should be able to cast them out. And here's what you got to understand. In the Christian life, when you first get saved, you know, God is, is good to you. When you first got saved, God gave you some devils to fight that you were able to handle. Do you remember that? When you first got saved and you started getting victory over some things and you're like, hey, that's good and hey, that's great and hey, I'm able to do that. But I'm here to tell you that there comes a point in every Christian's life where they come against an opposition that they're not able to do. They're not able to handle. They're just not able to take that step. And by the way, that's why most Christians... Most Christians will get to this plateau in their life where basically they spend the next 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years and they never grow, they never get anyone saved, they never do anything, they're just kind of there, you know, they've been in the same place in their Christian life for years and years and years and years and years, and here's why, because eventually you meet a devil that you can't beat. And eventually, you get a problem that you can't handle. And eventually, you've got to step up your game. And Jesus said, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence and yonder, and it shall be removed. And he says, Nothing shall be impossible unto you. Wouldn't you love to have that type of prayer life? Or are you just like, I mean, if that was you, I'd be, I'd be bringing you my prayer list hey, can you pray for this? Can you pray for that? Can you, can, can you seek God's? Because nothing's impossible unto you. Verse 21, how be it, how be it, this kind? He said, well, well the other kind we able to deal. He said, yeah, but this kind goeth not up, but by prayer and fasting. See, there comes a point in the Christian life, and by the way, there's going to come a point at Verity Baptist Church, you say, well, our church is growing, our church is succeeding, look at these chairs, look at this, look at that. Hey, God has blessed us, but you know, there's going to come a point where some of us are going to have to learn to get on our faces before God and fast if we're going to go to that next level. I mean, there comes the point in your Christian life when you're going to have to learn to fast. You're going to have problems. You're going to have prayers that you need answered, and the only way that God's going to answer them is by prayer and fasting. And there's a power associated to fasting, and we'll talk about that in the next next couple of weeks. The power that God there's a power that God gives us, and I'll prove it to you from Scripture that comes only through fasting. But see, you're not going to get it by just giving up Twinkies for 40 days. You know, you got to do it the way the Bible says to do it. You're not going to get, you say, I'm going to do a juice fast. That's not in the Bible. And that's why I want to just focus on what does the Bible teach about fasting and what is scriptural fasting and doing. But I want you to understand this idea. There are things, and maybe you're not there yet, and that's okay. But there will come a time when you're just going to feel like, I can't beat this. I've got this sin in my life, or I've got this problem. I've got this prayer I need answered. I've got this demon I'm fighting. I've just, I've got something I feel like I'm just at bay. I feel like I just can't get the better of it. I feel like I just can't overcome this thing. And I'm here to tell you the answer to that is fasting. And we'll talk about that. This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting.